Did you miss me? I guess not. (laughs) That's just a little bit of fun that we like to have. Hello and happy 2023 to everybody. This is Chance Nichols uh, speaking and welcome back to We Didn't Peak, uh, the podcast uh, uh, that I host. And uh, yeah, we, uh, as you'll notice, uh, just by looking at the release uh, schedule or or in our last our last episode, uh, we took the month of January off. I gave the staff, the I have a team of 100 people that work on this show, and we took the month off. I said, let's take a month. I'll still pay for all the fucking shit that goes into this podcast, because I'm a good guy. Let's take a beat. Let's take a month. Um, so yeah, I'm okay with it. I uh, There was just a lot of stuff that I had going on that had nothing to do with this podcast that... Uh, I don't want to say took precedent, but uh, just, you know, required a, a certain amount of attention. So, um, yeah, here we are. I'm very excited to be back. Um, I had a good month. I had a good... I, sh- I should have gone back and listened to the last episode of 2022 to see what all I uh, discussed in that moment. But, them's the breaks. But yeah, had a birthday. January 3rd, I turned 28 years old. Wow. 28. The year that I turned, that I become 10 years since I became an 18-year-old. That's that's just math. Um, And it's been off to a good start. I've had a lot of very exciting and fun stuff happen that I will probably one day talk about, but not today. And, oh boy, what a world we're living in, huh, folks? I mean... I would be remiss if I didn't bring up, of course, those of you that listen to the show know where I'm going with this. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. I mean, my God. Come on. Come on. The boys are back where they belong. The top spot in the AFC heading in to represent the conference in the Super Bowl. Very excited about that game. Against the Philadelphia Eagles. It's uh, just a bunch of scumbags and from a scumbag town. Now, actually, you know what's funny is I'm actually very much looking forward to this Super Bowl. And I am extre- I'm obviously very stressed out about it. I, I have a lot of emotions are high about it. But also, I'll be completely honest, and, and maybe I'm talking out of my ass here. I think beating the Bengals, to me, in the AFC Championship game, I think that's going to be, in my head at least, a better moment than winning the Super Bowl. Now, knock on wood, winning the Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, it's it's just one of those things where I I don't give a fuck about the Eagles. Like, I really don't care about them. They're a good football team. Definitely, I think this is a best-on-best best Super Bowl that we've got here. It's a best-on-best Chiefs have been the best in the AFC, and in my opinion, the best in the NFL all year. The Eagles have been the best in the NFC, arguably the best in all of the NFL all year. The Eagles were almost, went fucking damn near undefeated. It's going to be a great game, regardless, and that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited that um, this is just like, because you know, right now, <laughs> right now going around, the whole the NFL is rigged thing is like a, a hot button topic. And Twitter is Twitter has never been better than what it is right now. By the way, if you're not if you're not checking sports Twitter right now, it is hilarious because they did. Pardon my take. Had Arian Foster on the former running back for the Texans and I think the Dolphins. Also, he stopped. He had a cup of coffee at the Dolphins. Um, they had him on <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> Uh, they opened his interview, they opened the broadcast with him talking about how the NFL is scripted, and at the beginning of every season, the coaches would bring him a script uh, that he would have to, all the players got a script, practices were just rehearsals, Um, hilarious, they're definitely joking and being sarcastic, but this has been a topic that people have been talking about in the NFL this season more so than any other year. Because I know that's what my mom thinks that football is rigged, or she used to at least. I don't know how she feels about it currently. But for years, my mom would be like, uh, she, she'd go, well, yeah, of course they lost because it's rigged. They make more money if this team wins. And so it's like this has been a thing in all sports, I think, forever. 
Um, but it's just funny that they they did this thing on like Barstool's part of my take did this thing, and that kind of lit this fire, this hilarious fire, where now like former players, coaches, average Joes like you and me are quote tweeting that the clip from that interview. And are like putting their own, like putting a GIF with it or a little video clip, so, um, like talking from like a player's perspective. I'm doing a terrible job of describing this. You can go look on Twitter. I promise it's hilarious. But it's like Robert Griffin III, who famously had his entire leg fucking obliterated in like 2014, I think it was, uh, 2013, 2014, something like that. And he he quote tweeted that moment with, like, a gif of a guy, like, with tears streaming down his eyes, like, at a funeral, like, shaking his head no, and it was, like, the caption was, like, me when I got my script for 2013, or whatever the season was where he, his leg gets broken, um, or, oh, what's the name? (laughs) My favorite one is, there's a gif of, uh, it's Jason Pierre Paul retweeted it, or he tweeted it, the quote tweet, God, I'm a boomer. Uh, he quote tweets the NFL is rigged or scripted video and ta- puts a gif of Hannibal Burris from the Eric Andre show, like praising, like he looks like he's doing praise and worship in church, but he's just like really staring at his fingers and like moving his fingers up and down and wiggling them and looking at them. And the caption is me when I got the script for like... 2015, which was like the year that he blew his fingers off with a firework. It's just fun. It's just good, clean fun. Um, of course, the Bengals had to lose for the Chiefs to make it to the Super Bowl, and uh, I couldn't. I'm over the moon about that. Fuck the Bengals. Fuck Joe Burrow. Fuck Jamar Chase. Fuck T. Higgins. Fuck Eli Apple. Fuck Joe Mixon. Uh, what's that coach's name? I'm not even gonna look it up. Fuck him too. He looks like a he looks like an off-duty cop. Uh, is what he looks like. Zach Taylor is his name. I just thought it. I didn't look it up. Zach Taylor. Fuck that guy. Fuck all of them. Fuck the entire city of Cincinnati. If I'm being quite honest. Uh, no, I'm sure there's lovely people there. You just you know you eat spaghetti with like a mop or whatever it is with chili. I, you I, I don't I don't know what what it is you people do, but it's it's kind of disgusting. Um, yeah, talking a lot of shit. Obviously, this has been a huge uh, thing in the sports media world. For those of you who don't know, the Cincinnati Bengals were talking so much shit like they always do leading up to the game, which it was like insult to injury because the Chiefs, this Chiefs team hadn't beaten this Bengals team. Joe Burrow is 3-0 and against the Chiefs going into this uh, last Sunday's game. And some of the players were chirping, talking about how Arrowhead's called Burrowhead. Ha ha ha, very funny, all this stuff. And, uh, well, and then they came and uh, lost. They lost the game, and it was really ugly and sad, and, and, and they've, they've all fucked up in a way that it will be remembered in Cincinnati sports history for all of eternity is how bad they fucked up. But they're at the end, but also Chiefs played a really good game. So that's all I'll say about that. We look forward to the challenge of playing the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. In Glendale, Arizona, sunny Arizona, very exciting. We got some injuries to clean up, but uh, we'll be all right. We will be all right. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk about some stuff. Um, I am watching a television program right now called The Last of Us. And I will try, you know what, no spoilers. Not, not going to talk any spoilers right now. Um, for those of you that don't haven't seen it or don't know what it is because you're living under a rock, uh, The Last of Us is a television program on HBO Max with, that is based on um, the video game from 2013, The Last of Us, that I never played. And... I played it a little bit. Like I, I would, I, I never sat down and like played the full story. I would like be at a friend's house and like take over for like a mission or something if he couldn't compete complete it or whatever. Um, and I tell you what, as far as video game adaptations go, this one may be the best ever. It's so good. There are only three episodes in. Each one is like. So different and unique and cool, and it's like it, it, it keeps it fresh. Like, 
no two episodes have been really the same in like tone or like what they're up to in the episode, I guess. I don't know. It's uh it's really beautiful and Pedro Pascal is uh playing he is the king of he he has emerged as the king of a, a tough guy that takes care of a a, a little uh, a spunky little firecracker uh person <laughs> by that i mean he is of course the mandalorian in the series the mandalorian and he uh in which he is a gruff space bounty hunter cowboy guy that takes care of the little baby Yoda Grogu character who is like a little stinker that likes to eat mice and drink milk and do all the stuff and make rocks float. Um, And then now in this, he's playing a gruff man in a post-apocalyptic, disease-riddled world, taking a child, a a girl. She's like, I think she's a teenager. I think she's early teens or something. I don't know. I don't know how old Ellie is supposed to be, but Ellie, the character... um, is like a like a tough, badass uh, kid. Like you, know, we all know these kids. They're really prevalent in like '90s movies and stuff. It's like, oh, that kid's a badass, and uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's 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 very well done. Um, the girl who plays Ellie, whose name escapes me right now, it's on the it's like uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I can't. I remember her character. She was uh, Leanna Mormont, I think, was the character's name in Game of Thrones. She, for those of you that uh, are are Thrones heads, uh, I hate myself that I even said that. Sorry, everybody, uh, that's my bad. But th- for those of you that watch Game of Thrones, she was the little girl that was like the the the. The, the lord of whatever the the house mormont or, or whatever and she was like we love the king in the north and was like being all tough there in the later seasons it's her do you, you guys like her right she's the most british looking person that ever lived and she's playing an american uh well yeah it's an american there's still uh there's still semblances of a country in this show cuz those of us who don't know the last of us it's based on this video game where uh, it, it takes place in a world where a fungal outbreak, like a, like a, a, a deadly, like a fungal virus, fungal, fungi, I don't really know the proper term. I don't think it's a virus. I like think it's just, just a fungi outbreak, uh, has uh, devastated the planet, completely overturned all world, like governments and cities were bombed and destroyed, and it's basically turned people into zombies, but... um. It's so interesting that this is coming out now after what we all went through with a viral pandemic, and we saw how bad that got, and how we kind of teetered right up to the edge a little bit there. I don't know if you guys remember as clearly as I do, or if you tried to block it out, which I should probably do, but we got pretty close, we got pretty close to sticking our face in the buzzsaw there for for a minute, Um but apparently, fung- fungus is ten times worse, a hundred thousand times worse than like bacteria uh, and like virus, like a traditional virus, a traditional virus. What am I, an epidemiologist? Um, yeah, I and and now there's all these articles that are like, you know, that thing from that TV show, The Last of Us, that all you dorks like. Well, guess what? It could and likely will happen. And uh, I don't love that. I don't love to to read on IGN or TMT, TNT.com. <laughs> Reading T. Turner Network.com. Uh, no, it's like a thing where it's a, it, a quadriceps, the quadriceps virus. Coley, culpit, culpit, I think I'm, I'm, I'm losing my mind. Uh, what is the name of this virus? Uh, Last of Us. Uh, is it even? Oh, it's an infection. Okay, the the cordyceps, the cordyceps infection, which a cordyceps, that's a real thing. It's a type of fungus that exists on this earth, and you've probably seen there. There was an episode of Planet Earth about it. The that great uh, program, Planet Earth in which um, the uh, it's like there's an ant that gets its brain hijacked. Like the, these, these fungi, they uh, infect the, their host, which is an ant. They only do it to ants, I'm pretty sure, or other 
there's a first burp of 2023, folks. Everybody, stand up wherever you are, even if you're driving. Uh, just stand, stand straight up. I need to stand straight up and do 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 a couple class. First on air burp, 2023. Still disgusting as always. Um, no, there's this virus. It, it it not a virus. I keep saying, I, you know what? Fuck it. It's a virus. I don't care. Um, or it gets into the ant and it gets into the ant's brain, and it like starts in the ant's tummy, and because they've like swallowed a spore, or, like tried to eat it or something, and it grows from the tummy and like takes over the and like. A, a little tendril goes into the brain of the ant, and it hijacks their central nervous system and, like, floods their brain with mind-altering chemicals that basically turns it in, turns the ant into, like, a catatonic, like, slave to the mushroom, and then it goes and, like, dies, and, like, it, like, forces the ant to, like, hang itself upside down from, like, a tree branch or something, and it just becomes like a host for this mushroom to now blossom into a bigger mushroom, which will then hopefully infect like a few other things to help spread it and like keep the keep the keep it alive, like keep keep the mushroom growing, keep the fungus growing, which is terrifying. <laughs> there is a thing in our world that makes things zombies that we have already made a television show and a very successful video game franchise out of. And to that, I say, are we doing anything to stop that shit? Like, everyone's like, they, they, they talk about this. They talk about this whole concept of the cordyceps uh, fungus. And I guess there's multiple fungi that do this. But they talk about how these things are, uh, like, unkillable. In the beginning of like the the cold open of episode one, I guess this is a spoiler. Is these two like scientists talking, doctors, whatever, talking on like a talk show in the sixties about like viral pandemics and and are you scared of like what scares you, doctor? And that's the thing they talk about is, and I was reading about this in one of the IRL like real world articles about it is why we're not concerned about them in the present moment is because um, the human body is too hot, like it's too warm. Our core temperature is too warm for the uh, cordyceps or for the fungus to exist inside of us because it has to be at like a, t a l much lower temperature. Um, to which then, the <laughs> in the TV show, the doctor goes which is fine for now, but let's say something was to happen where, oh, I don't know, the world got slightly hotter, and, if, and the temperature, the overall temperature of the Earth increased, in, it, almost as if it was a global um, heating, global, global thermostat go-upping, I don't know. If there's a good word for that, please uh, reach out in the comments. But uh, yeah, and he's like, if the world got even slightly hotter... Some of these fungus would adapt and evolve to handle a hotter uh, environment, <laughs> so we could be fucked. Um, I got one thing to say to all you mushrooms out there: you come, you come at me, you better come fucking correct, okay? I got a stomach full of full of real gross shit, okay? I'm gonna be quite honest with you: I do not take care of myself from a from a gut health perspective. I do fucked up things to my tummy. And if you want to come and make a little summer home in my tummy and then try to take over this brain that God gave me that he gave no one else, and thank God for that, because if my brain was in somebody else's body, I think we'd have uh, World War III on our hands. But my tummy is my, my tummy is like a bombed-out, depleted building uh, in the middle of a desert somewhere. Do you want to live in that? Do you want to live in hell? You want to go 12 rounds with the champ, huh? I'll drink an energy drink and then a Coca-Cola and then a coffee and then some whiskey and then a Gatorade and wash it all down with some popcorn and ice cream that turns my shit green. You cannot fuck with me, mushrooms. Go back to Mario Land and wear your stupid fucking little outfits and run around with that Italian plumber. That's where you belong. Hey, how about that for a mushroom-based video game? Yeah, go back to Mario World. Stay out of my brain. Stick to ants. There it is. Stick to ants. Stay out of my brain. Stick to ants. That's going to be a fun video game adaptation. Super Mario Brothers is coming out. 
looks pretty bad. Uh, it looks cool, and I will see it, but I can't begin to describe to you all how disappointed I think myself and the whole world is that, that Hollywood's favorite Christian, Chris Pratt, is portraying the role of uh, Mario. And as something of an Italian-American myself, uh, my heart breaks for, for, for Mario, because there's no way Chris Pratt's Italian. We've been over this on this show before, I think. In fact, I know we have. I went on a long rant about this, so I'm not going to—I'll spare you all on that. But just know I do not support that. Uh, I don't support uh, Italian erasure. It's been happening in this country for for many, many years. Many, many years. And, and, and quite frankly, it has to end. End Italian erasure. Tell your Congress uh, person, whatever. I don't know. I don't know anything is what I'm getting at. Um, are you all aware of this George Santos character? Now, I know I may be a little late to this because we did take the entire month of January off, um, but boy, howdy, this fella has come screaming onto the scene. Uh, He's a congressman from New York who represents Long Island, and he basically has lied about his entire life. <laughs> this is where we're at in this nation. Uh, he's 34 years old. We think we honestly, who knows? Um, let's see here. Since the New York Times, uh, I've got this article pulled up. Oh, and he's right in front of that. <laughs> the photo of him is he's in the same shot as that one congressman with the eye patch. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, it says every single lie told by George Santos. So basically, this guy is like a grifter and has just kind of floated through life running scams and uh, doing shady deals and lying and has lived many lives in his 34 years of life. And he somehow landed uh, on Capitol Hill, which is exciting for the future of our nation. So here we go. This is from Intelligencer... Jesus.com. Um, the article is, Here's Every Single Lie Told by George Santos. Okay, so we'll just go down this. Uh, He lied about where he went to high school. Santos, whose parents immigrated from Brazil, says he attended the Horace Mann High School in the Bronx during his first years of high school, but had to leave the prestigious private academy in his senior year because, quote, my parents fell on hard times, which was something that would later become known as the Depression of 2008. But a spokesperson for the school told CNN in December that there was no evidence he attended Horace Mann. Later, he obtained a high school equivalency diploma. That is Already we're off to a good start. He said, my parents fell on hard times, which was something that would later become known as the Depression of 2008. I hope he's not talking. What if he wasn't talking about the like economic recession, like the housing market crash? He's just talking about like that was what they would call it in like his house. Like his dad, like his parents, like both lost their jobs, like mom and dad both lost their jobs. And his dad like comes in and like throws his briefcase on the ground and goes... I am depressed in 2008. It is now the depression of 2008. My God, this is great already. Okay. He also lied about where he went to college. Uh, Santos claims he graduated with a degree in economics and finance from Baruch College in 2010, which suggests he would have made it through a four-year program in just two years if he actually graduated from Horace Mann in 2008. But a Baruch representative told the Times there was no record of Santos being in the class of 2010, nor is there a record of Santos being a, quote, star on the on the volleyball team, as he claimed to in a Nassau County GOP to, to as he claimed to Nassau County GOP chair Joseph Cairo, he claimed to be a star on the volleyball team of a college he never attended. Oh boy. A biography of Santos on the National Republican Congressional Committee states Santos also spent time at New York University, a claim NYU could not corroborate. <laughs> Later, he told the New York Post that he didn't graduate from any institution from higher learning. <laughs> this is a <laughs> this man has no college degree whatsoever and probably doesn't have a high school one, but also was somehow a star volleyball player, uh, even... <laughs> Fighting, fighting through what would later become known as the Depression of 2008. Oh, my God. He never worked on Wall Street uh, either. 
His campaign bio states that he worked at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup, but representatives for both companies told the Times that they had no record of his employment. The lies weren't even that hard to figure out. <laughs> Santos said he worked at Citi's real estate wing in, two th- in the 2010s, though the, blank, or though the bank sold off its asset management operations when he was in high school. After Santos was sworn into Congress, the Times obtained a copy of his inflated resume, claiming that he had graduated in the top 1% of his class at Baruch, earned an MBA at NYU, and was able to double the revenue on the project he worked at at Goldman. 100% false. All of it is false. Like, that is so crazy. How many, and also think about this how many of these guys have there been? Like, how many of these guys have served in office in the past that just never got found out because the internet didn't exist? And, like, because people couldn't just, like, look up this shit. This guy is from a bygone era where you could just say anything and people would be like, well, why would he lie? You know? <laughs> like, it's so funny that he thought he could get, like, away with it, which he kind of has. He got elected. To, to, well, it's Long Island that voted him in, so who knows. But he, he's, he's kind of done it. Like, that, that, I think he's now. But this is the problem with guys like this. See, guys like this, they thrive in the shadows. They thrive being just a faceless, nameless guy that moves around from town to town, business to business, collects as much sucks as much money as he can without attracting very much trying to attract as little attention as he can and then moving on to the next job the next scam he's fucked up where now he's put himself out there and has now become a public figure because you can tell this guy fucking loves attention he's a he's a wrestling character like he wants people to like yell and bark and scream this is amazing and so i think that 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 is where his the flaw in his great con is is now he is uh a part of the conversation. He's a part of the cultural zeitgeist, and I think it's hilarious what's happening. So, good stuff. Lied about his entire resume. So where did his money come from? When Santos first ran for Congress in 2020, perfect, he filed a disclosure showing a salary of $55,000 working as a vice president at a business development company called LinkBridge Investors, where he says he introduced investors to hedge fund managers, claiming once that he brought in $1 million in revenue in just six months on the job. Even there, however, he was inflating his value. Newsday reports that the company's founder testified under oath in 2019 in a 2019 lawsuit that Santos was just a freelancer who sold sponsorships for events and worked on commission. (laughs) So he didn't even work there. Oh, my God. That's so... And, like... It, it, this is how he the the way he can get through this is exactly like that job he he he's got a job working in an investment firm where he indu- introduced investors he introduced investors to hedge fund managers like that's a job just introducing people to other people of course you could slip through the cracks and just say you did that like my god um, soon after his failed congressional run, he started working at a Florida, inv- there it is, Florida, always Florida, investment firm called Harbor City Capital, where he was employed there in 2020. Santos said that he managed a $1.5 billion fund and bragged of record returns of 12 to 26%, depending on the type of investment. That year, according to CNN, a customer told Santos that the company's promise, uh, that the company's promise that they had a full bank guarantee on investments was bogus. Uh, Deutsche Bank claims that it is a complete fraud and not signed by the bank officer on the document. <laughs> Santos claims they are 100% legitimate. Of course he does. Let's see. Um... That company was accused of being a Ponzi scheme in 2021 that stole $17 million from investors. They're currently in mediation uh, on that. Santos somehow wasn't accused of wrongdoing by authorities, but the next month he incorporated his own company called DeVolder. An interview with... He helped. He said he helped rich people buy the expensive toys they wanted, is how he described his job. If a client wanted to sell a plane or a boat, Santos would go out there and look... Go look out there within my Rolodex and be like, hey, are you looking for a plane? Are you looking for a boat? I just put that feeler out there. God, this guy's good. Uh, Within six months, he claims to have landed a couple million dollar contracts. Financial disclosures from his 2022 congressional campaign show. He claimed to have made between 3.5 mil and 11 million from the company before it was dissolved that year. Oh, my God. Okay, so that's that. He lied about founding an animal charity. <laughs> yeah, he said he claimed to have started a foundation called Friends of Pets United, saving 2,600 dogs and cats between 
2013 and 2018, but there's no social media accounts for the organization, no IRS records, and no evidence of the charity being registered in New York or New Jersey where Santos claimed to have been operated. The Times found that Friends of Pets United held one fundraiser with a rescue group in Jersey in 2017, for which it charged $50 a head for entry, but the group set that through the event said it would never that said that it never received any funds and that Santos made up several excuses for why he didn't have the money. So he started a charity for animals <laughs> as a scam. <laughs> what a dirtbag. Like, what a complete fucking dirtbag. This is, oh, boy. Oh, yeah, here's, here's the biggest one. He allegedly swindled a disabled veteran whose dog was dying. Uh, Santos allegedly stole money from a disabled vet who came to him to help fund a life-changing surgery for his dog. Uh, in May 2016, Richard Osthoff, who was living in a tent, he was living in a tent in central New Jersey, learned that his pit mix would need a $3,000 surgery. A veterinary technician told him that a man named Anthony DeVolder could help him raise the funds. After, is that supposed to, is Santos Anthony DeVolder? After Friends of Pets United put together a GoFundMe that got the money for the surgery, Santos then refused to give the money to the dog whose dog died less than to Ostov, whose dog died less than a year later. Santos has denied the story. The, the, the FBI is reportedly investigating the matter. Said I was worried that what happened to me was too long ago uh, for it to be prosecuted. I was worried that what happened to me was too long ago to be prosecuted, Ostoff told Politico. What a fucking dirtbag. <laughs> like, he stole from a fucking homeless veteran. Like, come on. Uh, what's the deal with his marriages? Okay, so he became the first, yeah, he's the first openly gay Republican elected to Congress. Uh, his campaign bio discussed uh, his husband, with whom he lives in Long Island, along with four dogs. Oh boy, watch out puppies, that guy's coming for your money. Uh, with his partner, and the Daily Beast could not find a marriage record in New York, Ugh, for fuck's sake, uh, and he was not wearing a wedding ring when he arrived at the house in January. He's ready to suck some Washington D.C.D. He wants some dick cock, some Washington dick cock in his in his on his tongue. We're gonna edit that part out. Uh, in 2019, however, Santos did divorce a woman in Queens. He said, "I'm very much gay." He told the New York Post in December, "I'm okay with my sexuality. People change. I'm one of those people who change." It's just the way he speaks, like it's so. There's something so eloquent about it. I don't know. Uh, the Daily Beast soon uncovered more on that first marriage, which lasted from 2012 to 2019, according to their marriage license and divorce records. In 2014, five years before his divorce from the woman, Santos sent Facebook friends to uh, Facebook invites to friends celebrating an engagement dinner with his boyfriend at the time. Santos's former boyfriend said the party never happened because he did not say yes to the proposal. <laughs> oh my god. This guy is a burden to everyone in his life. Could you imagine that? Just like, hey, will you marry me? No. Well, I've already sent some Facebook invites out to all of our friends and family. <laughs> God damn it. Oh. Okay, here are the big ones. These are well, I I would say that trying to steal from a homeless dog uh, is a pretty big one, but uh he claims that his mother died in 9/11. Uh, on December 23rd, 2021, he said that it was the fifth anniversary of his mother's... Jesus. Yeah, okay, look at, this. look at this timeline. In July of 2021, Santos wrote on Twitter that the September 11th attacks claimed my mother's life. And then on December 23rd of the same year, 2021, he said that it was the fifth anniversary of his mother's passing, a loss confirmed by her obituary. On his campaign website, Santos claimed his mother, uh, Fatima DeVolder, was in her office on the South Tower on September 11th and that she passed away a few years later when she lost her battle to cancer. Okay, so now he's spinning. Uh, aside from the fact that people rarely refer to 15 years as a few years, there's no record of Santos's mother suffering from the well-documented health problems caused by toxic debris following the attacks. There's no evidence that she was at the World Trade Center on 9-11, and though Santos has claimed she was a finance executive, public employment records obtained by NBC News list her only known employer as, the import, as an imports business in Queens that folded in 1994. The Times reported that she once worked as a nurse in Brazil. 
I mean, what can you say, folks? What can you say about a guy who said my mother, September 11th is the reason my mother died, or like my mother died on September 11th or whatever the fuck, and then be like, well, no, she died because of something that happened a few years later that was caused 15 years. You're like, hmm. Uh, his grandmother was definitely not a Holocaust survivor <laughs> or victim. In an interview with a conservative podcast in 2022, Santos said that his grandparents survived the Holocaust and his campaign bio claimed that they fled persecution during World War II. Oh, my God. Apparently, according to genealogy rec records, uh, <laughs> this did not apply to his family. This is, they said there's no sign of Jewish and or Ukrainian heritage. And no Oh, the Ukraine's getting involved. Yeah, he said he has Ukrainian heritage on his mother's side. Well, of course he did. Of course he did. In this, this the year of our Lord, 2023, he claims to be Ukrainian, a uh, Ukrainian Jew. And, of course, the records say, nope, it is not. Uh, Santos's lies about his family's connection to the Holocaust did not stop him from delivering remarks on the House floor on January 27th to commemorate Holocaust Remembrance Day. Jesus Christ. He claims that he had employees who died in the Pulse nightclub shooting in uh, 2016, and he didn't. He did this thing where he said, I'm Jewish, and then he said, no, I'm Jewish, as in, he said, I never claimed to be Jewish. <laughs> I never claimed to be Jewish, Santos said in an interview with The Post, in which he also uh, copped to lies about his education. He said, I am Catholic. Because I learned my maternal family has a Jewish background, I said I was Jewish. I mean, my God. Uh, this is my favorite. In January, Patch also unearthed that a Facebook post from Santos from 2011 in which he wrote, Hi, Hitler, with a lot of I's and a lot of R's. A former roommate said that Santos would frequently make anti-Semitic jokes. He would always say that it was okay for him to make those jokes because he was Jewish. My God. And he's like a Nazi, too, which, you know, Republican Nazi, that's not too big of a leap. Uh, he was a drag queen in Brazil. Maybe. Maybe not. Uh... Kind of interesting. Uh, was George Santos on Hannah Montana? I haven't heard this. Santos' resume inflation keeps getting more absurd. A Wikipedia bio for a user named Anthony DeVolder, which I guess is his real name, maybe, uh, claims that following a successful drag career, he landed roles on Disney Channel shows such as Hannah Montana and The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. After his stint on TV, the Santos, or the Santos bio then states that he hit the big screen with a role in a movie called The Invasion, starring Uma Thurman, even though Uma Thurman never appeared in a movie under that name. What the fuck is going on? Someone said he was a target of assassination, which is not true. Okay, so here, here, here to wrap it all up, this has been a long segment here. Uh, so what, did, what has Santos said about his life that is actually true? Here's the, here, after all of what I've just said, those are the lies. Here are the facts that we know for, for sure are true. Okay. As he has claimed, Santos is a 34-year-old Republican born in Queens who will represent New York's wealthiest congressional district. Other than that, pretty much everything is under scrutiny. <laughs> I mean, there you have it, folks. George Santos uh, is really, I think he's the first of a long line of guys like this that we're going to see in politics in this country, which, you know, it's fun. It's a little fun. I should run for office. I want to be a politician. And I want my, my campaign is going to be ran on the basis that I am a man whose nipples are made of glass. I think, the, I think the American public would really respond to something like that. Where I come out, could you imagine me on, on your local news coming out and being like, America has gone far too long without representation in the category of people whose nipples are made out of glass. And quite frankly, folks, it makes me sick. I just, I talk like Donald Trump, but I don't do like a, I don't do the voice, but I do like the, the beats where I'm like, and folks, you see it every day, folks. Aren't they terrible? Aren't they terrible for not loving me and my glass nipples? Don't touch. There's no touching of the nipples because quite frankly, folks, they're made of glass and they're very shatterable. And I'm just straight faced and I've got like a nice like hot blonde woman who's my wife that I'm paying right next to me. And and then she gets on the mic and she goes, when I have when I hug him or kiss him, I have to make sure that there's no pressure. There's no chest to chest pressure because if his nipples shatter, well, you you look around this town. Is there any is there is there a glass uh, a glass blowers uh, shop anywhere near here? Nope. 
he's got to go to the hills for that. They don't make glass anywhere these days except for the hills. And people would stand up and cheer. There would be merch. There would be, like, zealots that want to kill in my name. It would be so fun. It would be fun to be a politician whose nipples are made of glass. What other parts of my body could be made of glass? No, I think nipples. I think we keep it simple. It's nipples. It's it's coverable. I don't have to show them. Like, I can't. Well, and that's the thing, folks. <laughs> I'm doing the folks thing. That's the thing. Remember Free the Nipple? I'll, I'll just, I how much traction that got. Now, granted, I'm not a woman, but I, I think I could piggyback some of the Free the Nipple traction that are, is, I think it's got to still be spinning around out there somewhere in middle America where, uh, where I just where I really like make a hard push for people with uh, differently abled nipples, such as made of glass. I think that would be fun, and I think that would be good for America. I think that'd be good for families and uh, children. Need to know that even if one of your body parts is made out of an artificial material, uh, you know you're you're gonna you're gonna be okay, kids, because uh, that's ultimately what politics is, folks. You know, it's a warm hug for your children, a wa- a nice warm hug. For your children, it's it's the opposite of whatever the feeling you got whenever you watched Jerry Seinfeld tell Kesha that he's not going to give her a hug. It's the opposite of that. I'm hugging Kesha. Politics is a hug from Kesha to you to your children, and you can quote me on that. Nichols, Nichols, twenty twenty three. Nickel, glass Nichols, Nichols nipples, twenty twenty three. My friend Ruben, who passed away, called me Chance Nipples once. I miss him. <laughs> I miss him very much. Um, okay, let's let's look at some trending topics here in this uh, in this hellhole that we live in. Oh no, Lanny Lonnie Poffo died. There is not if if any of you know who that is, just offhand. I please reach out because uh, I'd like to congratulate you. I I don't I don't I can't give you any money because there's no way of me to, for me to prove that you didn't just Google who he is. But uh, yeah, Lonnie Poffo uh, is the brother of famed wrestler uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage. He was a wrestler in his own right. Uh, which it, it, well, it, he. Probably the most famous character of his was uh, The Genius, where he was like uh, uh, Lanny Poffo, The Genius, where he uh, was just like, I don't know, he he didn't do well. He didn't do nearly as well as Macho Man Randy Savage, his brother. Um, But there's a great moment in, I forget what the, oh, it was like one of those uh, Vice documentaries, The Dark Side of Wrestling, I believe, where uh, it was about... Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth's relationship, maybe? I don't remember what the topic was, but Macho Man was one of the topics. It, Macho Man's dead, but they're interviewing his brother about him, and Lanny, uh, and there's a moment where he's walking you through his home, because the interviewers, I guess, were at his house, and he's walking you through his home, and he shows you his bedroom, and it's a TV, it's like a, a king-size bed, like a four-poster bed, and... Attached to the ceiling over the bed is a metal arm with a with a a bracket at the end with a television attached to it, like down at a diagonal angle. So it's basically he's got like a hospital TV setup, but it's like just a bed. A t- it's a TV hanging over his bed and angled down directly at him. Like it's re- it looks fucking insane from like if you just walk into a room and see that. It's one of the funniest just like still visuals. Google Google Lanny Poffo TV and and have a nice laugh even though he's dead or RIPs obviously. Um but yeah, it's it's uh, it's wild, man. It's, and it, I imagine laying down on that bed, like, that's probably a really dope setup. Uh, so I'm not trying to knock it, but just, like, if you walk into a room and you saw that, you'd be like, my God, what kind of freak lives here? But rest in peace, nonetheless. Rest in peace. Nonetheless. Apparently Beyonce is taking some Saudi money. She's pay- she's taking, like, $25 million to go to uh, Saudi Arabia, or is it Dubai? Hold on. Beyonce... I just saw this today. Because she's also doing a... uh, She's announcing like a tour or something, which everyone's going, oh, goodness, oh, the tickets for Beyonce. Let's see, Beyonce Dubai concert. 
Let's see. How much did how much did Beyonce get paid in Dubai? On Saturday, Beyonce headlined the launch of the ritzy Atlantis the Roy the Atlantis the Royale Hotel in Dubai, where the songstress that's a fun word, isn't it? The songstress is reported to have pocketed two twenty four million dollars for the hour long set, according to multiple reports. Wow. 24 smackaroos for an hour of work. I mean, hey, if anyone's if anyone's worth it, it's that young lady right there. Such a talent. <laughs> it's, it sounds like I work for her. Um, well, that's crazy. That's fucking insane. 24 million dollars. Um, but okay. Why is Tyreek Hill trending? Oh, it's just people like making fun of the fact that Tyreek Hill's not <laughs> on the Chiefs anymore and that he went over to the Dolphins and was talking all that shit. Um, oh, yeah, the, now there's this new thing going around on Twitter. I just keep updating you guys on what's going on on Twitter, which is a website that I don't think a lot of people use anymore because of its current owner. Um, but there's a tweet uh, style right now where it's per TMZ, blank is currently dating Margot Robbie. <laughs> And just the top one is, per TMZ, Happy Gilmore's former caddy is now dating A-list actress Margot Robbie. And that's from Shooter McGavin. Or, is this the actual? Yeah. The actor who played... This is something I don't know if anybody knows. I'm sure plenty of people know. He's got 496,000 followers. Uh, the actor who played Shooter McGavin in the film Happy Gilmore, his Twitter account is just Shooter at Shooter McGavin underscore. He doesn't even own the actual... He has to do the underscore. He does, he, he, he was late to the game. It's not his name. I don't know what this actor's name is, actually. I'm going to look this up. I really need a fucking somebody to be doing this for me. Uh, like I said, I gave the team... I, I, you know, I gave the team uh, days off. The team that definitely exists. Christopher McDonald. The only other thing that I know this guy from is he was in Grease 2. He was one of the T-Birds in Grease 2. And I remember that because whenever somebody put on Grease 2, I went, oh, that's that's Shooter McGavin. Let's see, what else has this guy been in? It's just odd to have your entire, like, your social media account just be named after one character that you play. Granted, it's probably the biggest one, obviously, but, like, come on now. Yep, okay, he was in, yeah, Grease 2 was the second film he ever did as Bradley Goose McKenzie. That's fun. I'd like to be named Goose. As a goose are fun. Um, nothing, 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 nothing. Never heard of you, never heard of that. Thelma and Louise? It, well, it's the 1991 Thelma and Louise. Let's keep our pants on. Uh, he was in Grumpy Old Men, Terminal Velocity, Quiz Show. Best of the best three, no turning back. How can it be the best of the best if there's three of them? Um, God, some of these titles. My Teacher's Wife, Forget Paris, there's Happy Gilmore, The Rich Man's Wife. What's this guy's deal with wives? <laughs> Shooter McGavin loves wives. <laughs> oh, no. This is, oh, he, oh, yeah, he was Ward Cleaver in Leave it to Beaver. Okay, that I do remember. He was in Flubber. I love that movie, but I can't quite remember him being in it. He was the voice of Kent Mansley in The Iron Giant. Was that the cop? I think, yeah, I think that's the voice of, like, the cop that tries to make everybody uh, die by launching a nuke at the giant. Um, oh, he played the president in the Spy Kids movies. Well, at least the second one. Yeah, he was only in the second. I, I don't know if the president was. Spy Kids 2, Island of Lost Dreams. A great movie that I really like. Um, okay, he's had some good... Like, There's some fun stuff that he did. Um, yeah, hmm, what do you know? It was in a movie called Cat Run. It's pretty cool. Really fizzling out here. Um that reminds me, the the fucking Spy Kids 2, The Island of Lost Dreams. Have you guys seen that the kid who played Junie Cortez is married to the, um, oh, fuck me. What's her name? The the, the lady with the, the, the bass woman. Megan Trainer. I didn't look it up. You didn't hear any clacking of the keyboard. Yeah, the kid who played Junie Cortez is married to Megan Trainer. That's just a fun fact. And I, I hope they're doing well. I hope they're having a lovely, a lovely marriage. Um, hmm. What odd! You hear about that. You hear about like child stars that 
and you go, oh, there's another burp. And it's like, oh, and this person's married to this person. And you go, oh, my God, they are. I can't think of any other example. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> the, who Wasn't Brenda Song married to Macaulay Culkin? Am I making that up? I think I'm making that up. Someone, someone was married to Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> someone has to. Someone has to have. Uh, oh, no, there, I was right. Song mentioned uh, in 2017, Song mentioned that she was in a relationship with actor Macaulay Culkin. Oh, she's currently in a relationship with Macaulay Culkin. Go me. Look at that. Huh. Kind of weird. Kind of fun. Um, not married, though. I was wrong about that. Man, Brenda Song, what a, what a handsome young lady. She's only 34, well, I guess. That is crazy, isn't it? Like, the, all these child stars and stuff of the, that we grew up of, of yesteryear watching, uh, they're, like, like, when I was a kid, I was watching somebody that was also a kid be on TV, and I watched them my entire life, and now it's like, wait a minute, you're, you're, you're only that? Okay, well, well hot dog. Time is an interesting thing, isn't it, folks? Um, let's see here. Moving right along. Oh, I closed Twitter. What am I going to do with myself? Wendy Wu Hom- Homecoming Warrior is one of my favorite uh, Disney Channel, late stage Disney Channel original movies. Because that's the thing. There's like eras of the Disney Channel original movie. There was the first run where they were just low budget films, mostly shot in Canada, it seems, uh, that no one ever thought was going to do anything, like your early Halloween towns and things like that. And then once Disney Channel was like, oh, holy shit, people really like these. Like, these are, these are fucking going gangbusters on our network. They started making the higher end ones, like, uh, Oh, like Johnny Tsunami and Motocross and The 13th Year and Luck of the Irish, where there's like visual effects and like extreme sports, uh, like set pieces and stuff. I think my favorite, my favorite Disney Channel original movie of all time is probably, hmm... I really liked the 13th year when I was a kid, but I fear that if I went back and watched it uh, now, I would hate it. But I, I got it. I can't believe I didn't pop into my head immediately. My favorite Disney Channel original movie of all time is The Phantom of the Megaplex. That movie is fucking great, and it's got Mickey Rooney in it. <laughs> it's so good. It's uh, The Phantom Menace, uh, The Phantom... Of the Megaplex. Came out in 2000. I was five years old when this movie came out. Yep, there he is. Mickey Rooney (laughs) was in that. I feel like I've talked about this on the show before, but that doesn't matter. Uh, Mickey Rooney as Movie Mason was his character's name. He was like a little old man that bothered the employees of this movie theater. uh, And they called him Movie Mason because he was just like obsessed with, with, with cinema. And there's like a moment I remember where like the like the manager of the movie theater is like movie Mason get the fuck out of there so like he like gets he gets on his nerves and Mickey Rooney gives this like kind of beautiful little like quiet performance of like I know when I'm not I know when I'm not wanted I know when I'm not wanted I don't want to be a burden and just kind of leaves oh look at this look at this uh, directed by Blair True okay. 89 minutes long, Disney Channel original movie. Have any of these people gone on to do anything? Let's see. The main star, Taylor Handley. Okay, he was Rory Buck in the movie Jack Frost, which was not the main character. And then he was in a few episodes of The O.C. and a few episodes of CSI and uh, was in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning. And Okay, he's had a he's had a decent little career. He's a, wait a minute, wait a minute. He appeared in the commercial in 2020 in the State Farm Insurance commercial, not the one in which he played a rejected contestant from The Bachelorette, uh, or a Bachelorette-esque program who was comforted by Jake from State Farm. Okay, whatever. Hmm. Oh, he was in the movie Bird Box? That's kind of cool. I liked that movie. It's got Machine Gun Kelly in it. I like anything he does. Especially Megan Fox. <laughs> and I'm canceled. They just handed me the papers. All right. It's been a good run, folks. Okay, yeah, here's the... Okay, yeah, no, I'm not going to go through the actors from the Phantom of the Megaflexes. Let's see the director, though. What's the director been up to? Blair True. 
Okay, he's a guy. Guys can be named Blair. That's not weird. Filmography. Fan of the Megaplex. And that's it. Okay, cool. Yeah, all of his other movies do not exist. Fun. Let's see. Is there a list of Disney Channel original movies? There is. The first one was in 1983. Wow, I've missed out on an entire... I did not know this. I've missed like an entire huge chunk of these films. What is this? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, hold on. They used to be called Disney Channel Premiere Films. And then they were rebranded in the 90s. Or like the late 90s, early 2000s as Disney Channel original movies. So they used to be Disney Channel premiere films, the first one being Tiger Town in 1983, going all the way through... I don't recognize any of these names. Heidi? I kind of know Heidi. That's about, that's about the horse, right? There was a book. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I never saw it, but I know the, the book. Um... Yeah, never heard of any of these movies. Um, and then the first... Whoa! Really? The first Disney Channel original movie un- released under that banner was in 1997. It's the movie Under Wraps. Do you guys remember Under Wraps? It's the, it's the wacky mummy family comedy where the mummy is like a nice guy and at the end he like kisses his mummy wife. I like to see the mummy wife get a kiss. Uh, and then Brink was right up there. Brink in Halloween Town. Yeah, Brink, the skater movie. Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. 13th Year. Smart House. Ooh, Smart House was good, wasn't it? House taught us all a lot about, you know, issues we have between children and their mothers and their fathers, for that, in fact. Johnny Tsunami. Loved that movie. And then they made... Didn't they make a sequel? To, yeah, they made Johnny Capahala back on board. Johnny Tsunami 2 or whatever. There's been so many of these. Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. That was a good one, too. Alley Cat Strike. I still think of that movie anytime I go bowling and there's a 7-10 split because there's a scene in that movie where they uh, there's a 7-10. It's about bowling, and there's a scene where it's like, oh, to win this world championship to get our dad's medicine or whatever the fuck the plot is, we have to we have to get a spare on this, and there's the 7-10 split, and the little girl like rolls the ball like 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 sets it down on the ground and gently rolls it towards the pins while it's rotating and and they win. Spoiler. Um The Ultimate Christmas Present sucked. Xenon the sequel. I was not a big Xenon person, I'll be honest. Look at the Irish Motocrossed, which I'm just now realizing the title Motocrossed, which is a movie about a girl who uh has a twin brother who's a motocross racer that gets injured. Uh she goes uh, she poses as him as races. I'm just now realizing Motocrossed is a reference to cross dressing because that's what she's doing in the movie. That's a little weird. Um There's one of these called Double Teamed. Shouldn't it shouldn't have called it that. Yeah, I started to stop watching these around Seeing these titles around 2005, I would say, because that's when yeah, around 2005 is when I started to get stale for me. Uh, that was the year that Now You See It, which was the um, this movie. <laughs> now You See It doesn't even have a Wikipedia. It's like blank on here. That's weird. Uh, now You See It was with Alice, Ali and AJ. It was the the, uh, the 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 magician movie where they were like that's where they did their cover of Do You Believe in Magic? Uh, remember that. Buffalo Dreams? I don't know what that is. Twitches. I remember Twitches. Uh, yeah, because then the following year was, of course, High School Musical came out, which I would argue is not a Disney Channel original movie. That's something that's much bigger and a, a way bigger phenomenon. The Cheetah Girls too. It just all became way too big for me after that. Because um, then, yeah, then you get your Camp Rocks, your Wizards of Waverly Place, the movie, your your lemonade mouths, all these movies. I was busy trying to get laid when these movies came out, and I didn't. I didn't achieve that until, well, I won't say. Um, <laughs> God, I've just I've just read like the Wikipedia for the Disney Channel original movies. Thank you all so much if you're still listening to this. Um, 
those movies were fun, you know? They were a fun time in life, uh, especially the ones where it was like, oh, this guy's like a lizard or, or whatever. The uh, No, he's a, a mermaid. The 13th year is about being a mermaid. Good movie. Good movie. Um, what else do I have to say? It's the first episode of the new year. If there's anyone that's still listening to this, you're a fucking saint. Let me just say that much, because this has been a real rambly one. Sorry, I'm out of practice. What do you want from me? I haven't done this in a month, because I'm a good boss. Uh, and I was busy, and I went to North Carolina, and that was really fun. And I met a bunch of cool people, and then I also met some b- b- people uh, that uh, are extremely from North Carolina. And I'll leave it at that. Um yeah, I don't know. My my year 2023, I would like to start it off with, obviously, a Chiefs Super Bowl victory. Gonna knock on some wood there. Um, I think this is, I, this is primed to be a pretty exciting year, and I'm excited to share what I can with all of you about that. And uh, it's one of those weird things where it's like 2023, it's, it's the uh, 10, this year marks 10 years since I graduated high school, which is like a big watershed moment in most people's lives, I think. Um, but it it's one of those things where I'm looking back and thinking about, you know, that time in my life and the, there's all the big the big transitions and shifts happen, you know, based on around school when you're in school. So it's like like oh, like life's about to change. You're going to kindergarten, like you're in school now. You don't you don't just live at home and play games and 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 watch cartoons and and and, and spit or whatever it is kids do. Um, now you're going to be in school and then, oh, you're leaving elementary school. You're going to middle school and now you've got hormones in your body and you want to die. Uh, and then you go to high school and you've got even more hormones and you want to die even more and maybe take a few with you. No, that's terrible. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. And then it's like, okay, you're out of high school. Now you get, there's two paths here. You can either go to college or not. And depending on what you do with that decision is how well you'll uh, either sink or swim afterwards. So um, good luck. And, you know, for me, I went to college and uh, it, was, it worked out pretty well for me. I had a good time, met, met people that are still in my life to this day. And uh, or it's, yeah, you know. But yeah, the, the high school one, the high school one's a big one because that's like, you're stepping into the quote-unquote real world, and uh, I remember at the time, I'll probably do a little more of a, something like this when it's closer to the actual, like, date of my graduation in 2013, which was until May, Um, but it's just a big time for, like, you know, being excited. I just remember being really excited. I was ready to go off and like take the world by storm or or whatever it is uh, cuz i was excited about my major in college i was excited about making new friends which took a while but i got there um you know it was just a lot of a possibility it was a lot of adventure uh was was right in front of me and also a lot of fear and a lot of uncertainty and it was a really tumultuous time a tumultuous time in my life my personal life my family life all that stuff so 2013 was a crazy year for me. 2023, I hope, is also a pretty crazy year for me, but in a good way. And I hope it's a good uh, a good year for you, too, because you deserve it. You know why? Because you made it to the end of this fucking podcast. And that, in and of itself, is an achievement worthy of something nice. Um, because, God damn it, a lot, I've, I really, really like to just sort of ramble on stuff. And we had fun with the George Santos thing. But uh, it, 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 it's one of those things where I, um, I really like doing this. And sometimes I come underprepared. Sometimes I'm just like, turn it on and let's just start wailing. Today was very much one of those days because, you know, who's got time to prepare? Because I'm, I've, I'm being pulled on about a thousand in different directions right now and it's really exciting and fun and I can't wait for you guys to see some of the fruits of those thousand directions that I'm being pulled in but it's also fucking stressful um, but it's also you know I wouldn't rather I wouldn't want to be doing anything else so all that to say um, I hope that you're I hope that you're healthy and I hope that you're happy in this new year that we're already a month into uh, I certainly am I, uh, I need a haircut which is I mean what else is fucking new uh, I could use a new personality I think that's something that I'm going to look forward to I'm going to look to see if there's any doctors maybe on the 
the black market that can do a full-on personality shift or uh, a replacement therapy. Uh, that would be pretty cool for me, and then maybe I can uh, sleep at night. Uh, I certainly hope that you're sleeping at night, and God, this sounds, this is the audio they're going to play at my court hearing whenever it's like, and he, he recorded this, and then he drove his car into a crowd of people. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm very sane and I'm very of sound mind and body. And uh, these are all jokes. So, yeah. Well, we can't end on that. Um, the Oscars are about to happen again. How crazy is it that it's been a year since Little Willie from Philly slapped Mr. Rock in the face? You guys remember that? It's pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy. That moment... Unleashed upon the world of stand-up comedy, a shit, a a a, a plague, the likes of which I haven't seen in a very long time, where every show for about a month that I would do, at least six people on the lineup would go, uh, all right, no one come up here and slap me. They'd point at a bald person and go, I'm, I'm not, t- I'm, I'm going to leave you alone. Ha, 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 ha. Write some fucking jokes, you maniacs. Uh, speaking of which, I will be, uh, let's wrap this episode up. How about that? How about we bring it home here? I will be at uh, doing comedy in English in Santa Monica this Saturday night at 8.30. Uh, you can look, I'll be posting all about that on the social media. Um so, yeah, doing the show Comedy in English in Santa Monica this Saturday, the 4th of February. Uh, come check it out. It's going to be a fun show. I got a lot of my friends are doing it as well. Uh, we're going to have a good time down by the beach. Down by the beach, baby. Uh, as always, please be sure to uh, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show wherever it is that you're listening to. It helps us out a lot. Um, be sure to follow the show on Instagram at We Didn't Peak. Like us on Facebook. Just search We Didn't Peak with Chance Nichols. It's the only one out there I have checked multiple times. And follow me on all forms of social media at Chance is Loud. And subscribe to my YouTube channel, Chance uh, is, it's, which is also Chance is Loud. Uh, a lot of fun stuff happening over there. Okay, that's all. Thank you so much, and uh, God bless you, and let's have a great 2023, gang. Goodbye.